Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Today, I want to minister real quick on God first consciousness. God first consciousness. God first consciousness. Uh, if, if they will go ahead and put up my first nugget, I think I have uh, three or four of them. If you'll go ahead and put up nugget number one, and it may seem like we're moving rather fast, it's because we are. Ready? Read. Read, read it again. Read it again. I already know, I didn't know till now that we're not going to get finished. Would you read that again? It is amazing to me as to how many Christians who are expecting God to do supernatural things in their lives with such a lack of commitment to the things of God. It's amazing for some Christians, God only is not first, he's not even second. He's not even third. You see, God can't be first and you disobey him. One of the signs that God is first in your life, no matter what you think, no matter what your opinion is, you'll always do what God said. Because God's first. And so today we're going to minister on the God first principle. Uh, Nugget number two. Nugget number two, I'm challenging you today to stretch your faith and tap into God's favor. Stretch your faith and tap into God's favor. Nugget number three, please. Nugget number three, please. Maintaining focus on God is a vital part of walking in his favor. You'll be amazed as to what God will do in and through your life if you can prove to him you can be trusted. Nugget number four, thank you. The first fruit theme or principle runs through the whole Bible. Everything is about the first fruit principle. I'll say it again. The first fruit principle The theme of that, the principle of first fruit, it runs through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Everything that God points to in Scripture, it is compelling us to make him first. Now, now here's the thing. You can fool us, but you cannot fool God. God absolutely knows if he is first in your life or not. Now, now this ought to be encouraging to some of you. Look what God has been able to do in your life and him not being first. Imagine what he could do if you would just move him up a notch or two. I mean, just think for a moment. Look what God has been able to do in some of our lives and he's number seven on the hit list. Or number 10. 
Imagine what God could do in our lives if we made him first. Sobering, isn't it? I said it's sobering, isn't it? Imagine what God could do in your life if you made him first. Just think for a moment. If you made God first, think of all the mistakes that you won't make if God is first. If God is first, think of all the deals you won't give a handshake and agreement in because God is first. Think of all the occasions where you won't be fooled because God is first. Think of all of the right decisions that you will make because before you make it, you will consult God. Oh, my. If if God was first, there would be no divorce. If God was first, there wouldn't be fussing and fighting and arguments in the home if God was first. Can I go a little deeper? If, If God was first in your life, brother, you would treat your wife right, no matter what she did. All right, let's get the ladies on board. Sisters, you would treat your husband right, no matter what he did, if God was first. Because if God was first, you wouldn't allow anything or anybody to stop you from honoring what God has requested of you. You just got some good marital counseling. Because... If God is first, you don't have any problems. Who Jesus. If God is first. Our problem is, on many occasions, we express with our mouths that he's first. But in reality, he's way down on the priority list. And because he is, we get into A lot of trouble. Because we make decisions without talking with him. We come in agreement with other people without talking with him. We make moves without consulting him. And we do things without judging it with the word of God. Because God is not first. Go to Matthew chapter 6. We're dealing with the God first principle. The God first principle, the God first consciousness. Matthew chapter six. Are you there? Look at verse familiar, verse 33. They perhaps have it on the screen and they do. Ready? Let's read together. And those of you in our e-church, please join in so you can be a part of this. Ready? Read. Hold on. You're reading too fast. Ready? Read again. Stop right there. Read it again. Well, well, hold on. There's no need to continue reading because whatever's going to happen after, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, whatever's after that won't matter if he's not first. Whatever God says after making the statement, seek me first. 
If you don't seek him first, it doesn't make any difference what the scriptures say after that. It won't matter. Because whatever you read after that, the only way it's going to work in your life is God has to be first. Now, I have to be honest as I'm standing here doing my Christian life and my Christian journey. God has not always been first. I'm just going to tell you the truth. When he wasn't first, I didn't tithe. When he, when he became first, tithing ceased to be a struggle. Because he was first. Ooh, Jesus. When, when God became first in my life, I, I stopped fornicating every weekend. Ain't nobody shouting but me now. When, when, when I made God first, I stopped lying and cheating. When I made him first. Because it was hard to engage in those things and God is first. Because to do those things is a sign to me he's not first. Because if he was first, I would obey him. Oh, Jesus. And I don't want to live and die and not have an experience what all God could do in my life if I just make him first. That's all I got to do is just make you first and then the supernatural will happen in my life. All I, have to, all I have to do, God, is make you first and then your supernatural favor, amen, will flow through my life. Oh, Jesus, I, I, I have to experience that before I go to heaven. Oh, my Jesus. Let's verse 33 again. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So God must be first, yes? Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I love this particular passage of scripture. This is the word of the Lord that was given to my wife and I from the man of God when he married us. He spoke Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, verse 20 over, over Donna, Leah's life, and, uh, and Stevie's life, better known as your pastor. You in Ephesians chapter 3? This is what he said. He says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly. That's, that's enough right there. Man, just the exceedingly blessing is, is enough right there. But, but he didn't stop. He's not only able to do it exceedingly, but the abundantly. He, he didn't stop there. Above all, above all what? That I could even ask or think. God, you mean to tell me there are blessings available for me that I can't even think of? Good God of mercy. With my limited imagination, that there's, there's thoughts that you have toward me that are higher than my own thoughts? That you want to extend toward me if I will just simply make you first? That if I make you first, you'll make me the head and not the tail? If I make you first, you said I'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out? If I'll just make you first, you said all the silver and all the gold that belong to you, you'll impart it unto me? 
If I'll just make you first, you said there'll be no barrenness in my life. If I would just make you first, if I will make you first, you said that whatever I put my hands to, that it would prosper to the glory of God. If I'll just make you first, if I make you first, you said my enemies will come in one way, but they'll flee seven different ways. If I'll just make you first. You said in your word, if I'll just make you first, that the battle is not mine, but is yours, saith the Lord. And all I have to do is make you first. All I have to do is push my husband down to the second spot and move God to the first. All I have to do is push my job down to the second spot and make you first. All I have to do is push my career down to the second spot and make you first. All I have to do is push my children down to the second or third spot and make you first. All I have to do is push the pursuit of money down to the fifth, sixth, or seventh spot and you'll make me first. All I have to do is push entertainment or watching television down to the second or third spot and move you to first. And my money's tight because you're not first. I'm struggling because you're not first. I'm sick in my body because you're not first. My enemies are overtaking me because you're not first. I go to church, but you're not first. I quote scriptures, but you're not first. I say praise the Lord, but you're not first. I say thank you, Jesus, but you're not. But you're still not first. My children, in their lives, you're not first because I've never modeled first before them. Where God is first. And I'm foolish enough to believe that if I honor God first and we sit around the table with nothing in the cupboard, that God will move in a supernatural way. Because he will not allow me to make him first. And we end up at the bottom. Oh, Jesus. This is good news to somebody. I said, this is good news to somebody. Go to Romans chapter 11. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Romans chapter 11. Romans 11. Let's look together at verse 16. Verse 16. Are you there? Romans 11. Verse 16, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Oh my. So if the root of Jesse is holy, 
So are the branches that are connected to the root. Glory be to God. Can somebody say amen to this truth? The first fruit evidently refers to the origin, listen to this, of the origin of the children of Israel. Now I'm going to say something that I know may rock some of your theology, but, but check me out. Uh, we are always declaring that the blessing of Abraham uh, belonged to me. Anybody, anybody? Anybody ever? Okay. Now I have a question. Was Abraham an Israeli? Was Abraham an Israelite? Because God's eyes are on Israel. When God came in covenant with Abraham, was Abraham an Israelite? Come on, talk to me. Come on, E-Church, talk to me. Was Abraham an Israelite? Was Isaac an Israelite? Was was Isaac a Jew? Was Abraham a Jew? Was Isaac a Jew? Put your hands up if you say no, sir. How many believe that Abraham was a Jew? Isaac was a Jew. Some of you don't like this. Some of you like this when I turn look at you, you did like that. So I assume those who didn't raise your hand at all, you're just saying, I'm just going to throw myself under the bus. I'm just going to wait and see. Because we know God is in covenant with Israel. And God has his eyes on our Jewish brothers and sisters. But the Jews came from somewhere. The, the, the Jews were not always in existence. Oh, God. Abraham was not an Israelite. He was a Syrian. His nationality, he was from Syria. Isaac was a Syrian. And Jacob was too, theoretically. Come on now. And the nation of Israel was not birthed until Jacob had those 12 kids. And out of those 12 sons was birthed a nation. So God took a people who were not a people and made them a people. God looked at you to your family who wasn't really doing what they need to do for God and he called you out. Because God wants to do something for your family, he called you out and separated you. And all he's asking you to do is to make him first so that he can bless you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think so that you can go back to your family like Joseph and preserve your kinfolk. 
Yes, you're saved. But is he first? Yes, you go to church. But is God first? Yes, you sing the songs. But is he first? And you don't have to convince me. You need to convince God. And there are things that you will never experience. Yes, you'll die and go to heaven. But while you're in the earth realm, there are things that you will never experience. Till you make God first. And all I can say is when you make him first, a certain boldness will come upon you. And people who you're around where God is not first, you can be intimidating. Because they got one foot in the world and one foot in the church and you got all yourself into God. And it gives you a boldness. And when you show up, the devil knows that you've shown up. Because the devil knows that God is first in your life. The Bible says, submit yourself unto God and resist the devil and he has to flee. And you can only resist him when God is first. Preach, boy, preach. Now, let's go to uh, Exodus 34. We got one more verse in chapter, and I'm, I'm finished. But, but I wanted to give you this for, for th- Thanksgiving uh, First Fruit Sunday. Exodus 34. Exodus 34. Look, look at verse 26. Exodus 34, 26. If you're there, say amen. It's on the screen. Ready? We need to read this. Read it out loud. Ready? Read. Okay, in other words, God is saying, don't don't engage in unnatural things. God is saying, don't, don't, don't engage in, in, in uh, unnatural things. But here, here's the point. The first of the first fruit of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord. Well, that's clear to us that first fruit is not tithing. First fruit is not tithing. Listen to this. First fruit is not tithing. Tithing is an indiscriminate part. Tithing is an indiscriminate part of the tent. Tithing is a tent. Tithing means tent. That means you don't have any say over it. It's, it, it's indiscriminate. But first fruit uh, is discriminate, which just simply means you go through the first of the first harvest, and then you decide what you want to offer to God as a first fruit. Now, I don't think it's, I don't think it's by chance that in America... Uh, our, the end of a year is in September and the beginning of the year is in October. Not only is October the beginning, but October is the year that this ministry was birthed. That's why we engage in it in October. In our government, it ends in September and then they start a new year in October. This ministry was birthed in October. So we take this time in October 
to look at all of what God has done in our lives. We reflect on what God has done and what God has provided. And we uh, we decide what to reach in and pick out to offer to God as a first fruit from the first harvest. Because this is October. Are, are you seeing the line? Uh, also, for those of you that know, I was born in October. For the inquiring minds that need to know, it's the 21st. I don't think it's an accident. There's a great possibility that Jesus was born in September. You know, I, I want to push him in October, but, but it's probably September. Are, are you all listening to me? Is, is this helping anybody at all? Now, are you in Exodus 34? Did, did we read it all? Verse 26? We did read it. We'll read it again because I've forgotten about it. Verse 34, ready, read. So, so, so the book of Moses is saying to the children of Israel, listen, if you're going to walk in the blessings, you have to put God first. And how many of you listening to me today, physically here or watching by E-Church, how many of you are trying to make it in this world system and God not be first? When God has promised things that he would do for you, if you make him first, and you're going to sacrifice experiencing what God will do for you first, and all you have to do is make him first. That means you have to love God more than you love your husband. You have to love God more than you love your wife. You have to love God more than you love your children. I'm messing with you. You have to love God more than you love your job. You have to love God more than you love your business. You have to love God more than you love your education. You have to love God more than you love your car. You have to love God more than you love the house or the furniture that's in it. You have to love God more than taking your time doing what you want to do and offer time to God. I don't know any other way to put it. First means first. And some of you are struggling simply because God's not first. You're trying to make it in this life without God being first. Don't you want to experience that? God, God, don't let me die until you're first in every area of my life because I really want to see what you would do. I really want to experience how you will bless me to be a blessing. Oh, Jesus. Is this good? Let's close out. As I said, I wouldn't be long, but let's, let's do this in, in uh, Deuteronomy 26. Deuteronomy 6, I got 10 minutes. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 26. Look, look at verse number 2. That you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God has given you. And put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God uh, chooses to make his name ab uh, abide. And you shall go to uh, the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today 
to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the, ba the, the basket or container out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord, uh, altar of the Lord your God. Look at verse 5. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, my father was a, a come on, come, come on. They, they, they're talking about Abraham. About to perish. And he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. Do you see that? Drop down for the sake of time. Drop down to verse 10. And now behold, I have brought the first fruit of the land, which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. Look, look at verse 11. So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given you and your house, you and the Levites and the stranger who is among you. So, so when you offer the Thanksgiving offering, you have to offer it with an with a attitude of worship and adoration. You have, to, you have to be excited about it, not grudgingly. Oh, here we go again. No, 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 no. Resist that attitude and, and get excited about it. See, 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 one, oh, Jesus, when God is first, everything you have, you know it's because of him. Perhaps if some of you, if your life journey was like mine, you would be more grateful. Maybe you would be more grateful if you were raised in a house with no lights and no running water. Maybe if you were raised like that, you could really see how good God is. Uh, maybe if you went to school in the first grade, the second grade, the third grade, the fourth grade, the fifth grade, the sixth grade, with holes in your shoes and dragging your feet down the hallway and other kids making fun of your clothes. Maybe if you had experienced that, maybe today you would be more grateful. Maybe when you had to relieve yourself, you had to go to an outhouse instead of having indoor plumbing. Maybe if you lived like that growing up, maybe, just maybe, you would be more grateful today. You see, it doesn't take much at all for me to just, just, just remove you out of my mind. Matter of fact, it's hard for me to preach when I'm thinking about how good God has been to me. Because I can only think that God could have chosen anybody to do what I'm doing today, but he chose me. And so when I think of the goodness of Jesus and how far he has brought me, I can't do nothing but express thanksgiving to him. And listen to me. And maybe your testimony is not like mine, but you got one. Okay. Maybe your testimony is not like mine. But you got one. Okay, let me try this section. Maybe your testimony is not like mine. But you got one. And you ought to give him praise. And you ought to thank him. And you ought to stop being cute. And stop trying to be sophisticated. And give God a praise for what he's done. Uh, let's, let's end with this. Let, let's end with this. 
Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I'm, I'm grateful to God that I'm married to a woman who don't get embarrassed because of the way I express my thanksgiving and my gratitude toward God. Because if, if, if my shouting and giving God praise for what he's done, if, if that embarrasses her, she's got a whole lot of embarrassment ahead in her life. Mm-hmm. You, remember, you remember the man of God was out in the street dancing and just rejoicing and praising God and his wife looked out and saw him and, and, and she got embarrassed and she said, just look at you out there in front of all the Harvest Church members, just dancing, acting a fool, you know, talking about you praising and thanking God. And the man of God told his wife, he said, listen, if you think that's something, he said, watch this. And the Bible said that he danced out of his clothes. See, what his wife didn't know, the reason she was riding around in that Mercedes and the reason she was living in that nice house and the reason she was living in a house with indoor plumbing and the reason she was living in a house with heating and air conditioning and the reason she was living in a house with food, amen, upstairs in the middle. The reason she was living in a house with upstairs, a basement and all that. The reason she was living like that is because God had been good to her husband. Yeah, she thought it was her husband and her husband was trying to remind her, amen, it's not me that's providing for you. It's the God I serve that is providing to me and I'm able to serve you. Let, 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 come on, let, let's, let's, let's finish this. Where did I say? What did I say? Matthew 6. Look, look at verse 21. Matthew 6, verse 21. You there? Did they have it on the screen? Yeah, go ahead and read. Come on, read it, read it one more time, please. For where your treasury is, there your heart will be also. Listen to it in the Moffat's translation. For where your treasure lies, your heart will lie there too. L- listen to it in, in the Message Bible. This, this, is, this is heavy. L- l- listen to it in the Message Bible. <clears throat> it's obvious, isn't it? The place where you treasure is, the place where your treasure is, is the place you will be, you will most want to be. Let let me read it again like I can read. The place where your treasure is, comma, is the place you will most want to be. And then it says, and end up being. Who Jesus? Who Jesus? In other words, Wherever your heart is, that's where you're going to end up. Let's read on a little bit. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide and wonder and believe, your body fills up with light. If you live, uh, I call it squinty-eyed, tight-eyed, not cock-eyed, but squinty-eyed. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. This is the message by verse 24. You can't worship two gods at once. 
loving one God, you will end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. Money cometh, money moves. And we need money to do certain things, but I worship God. Do you see the difference? Money cometh. Money, money moves. It's moving right now. And, and, and it's, moving, it's moving toward us. If you qualify for the move. Who Jesus. See, some people are just saying it, but they don't qualify for it. And then they get mad at the people who do qualify. Money moves. Money cometh. And we need money as, as a means of exchange in this capitalistic society. But I worship God. So in other words, I don't get worried when I don't see money. Money doesn't, who Jesus, money doesn't affect my mood. If I got money, I'm happy. If I don't have it, I'm not. If that's the case, then money has become a God. Or nothing else has become an idol. Are you listening to me? No, I only become topsy-turvy if it looks like God's not with me. Because I know if God is with me, there's nothing I'm facing that I don't already have the victory over. It's just a matter of time. Are, are you listening to me? So one of the things that God, it, we don't have time to get into it, but, but you can check it out from the beginning. God knew how strong of a pull money would be on the soul of a human being. He knew it would be a great pull. He went on to say, for the love of money, the love of money, not having money, See, you, you can love money, don't have any. The Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And you've got to stop coming to a conclusion on what you believe by the mess you hear in a barbershop or a beauty shop. I, what I'm teaching you, you won't hear in a barbershop or a beauty shop or your backsitting friend. Or your friend who grew up in church, but they didn't have good teaching. You have to settle this money issue because most of your challenges in life are connected to money. It's hard to have a good marriage without money. When you go down to the electric company or the utility company, you can stand in the hallway and shout and dance and speak in tongues and they'll call the police on you because you need money and God knows you need money. That's why he said, put me first so that you don't have to lie to try to get it. You don't have to crook and try to get it. You don't have to 
You don't have to lose friends trying to get it. You don't have to steal. Try to get it. One. Count with me. Two. Just make sure you're paying attention. Come on, count it. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Is this the tie? It's $100. Each of these are $20. Is this the tie? Well, let's count again. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. What is the tie of $100? Huh? Ten. Okay. Well, let's just say these are these are. Uh, what, what would they be? Okay, this, they're, t- they're 20, but just say they're $10. So, is this 10 the time? Okay, count again. Okay, is this the time? Come on, talk to me. Is this the time? No, it's not. Oh, no, no, no. L- listen. One, two, three. Four, five. It's a hundred dollars, right? What is, is this the time? Is this the time? No, the, the first is not the time. This is the time. Because the time is a tenth part of your increase. So it can be the first. It's when I get to the end. This is the tithe, not this. This is the tithe. Do you all get that? Do you see that? Some of you. The tithe is not the first. The tithe is a tenth. And you don't know the tenth until you get to the end. First fruit is you picking of the first harvest. You're just deciding from the first harvest what you're going to offer to God as a first fruit based upon what he's done in and through your life. So first fruit is not the tithe. Tithe is the tenth part of the whole. Hallelujah. Well, I'm, I'm almost through now anyway. Let me just be still. Maybe that'll help. Hallelujah. Is that, is that better? Is that better? Amen. So this is not the time. Everybody's got it? And the only reason you have a problem giving is because you have a problem with covetousness. Your problem is not what people said in the barbershop or the beauty shop. The challenge is, is because what you heard in the barbershop and what you heard in the streets, your flesh agrees because your flesh never wants to obey God.
Are you all listening to me? Yeah. Stingy people never want to give no matter what it is. And even if they decide to give, they give the very minimum of what is required. And so as we close this portion of the service, I just wanted you all to have a clear understanding that when it comes to the first fruit offering, nobody have a right to tell you what to give. And there should never be any pressure. As a matter of fact, there should never be pressure to give in anything because your giving is an expression from your heart to God. I've taught you well. I said, if you don't allow me to pressure you, then you're not going to go anywhere else and allow somebody to pressure you. Giving is not pressure. Listen to me. If it's not in your heart to do it, don't do it. If you don't believe in it, it doesn't change God. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't be giving into something you don't believe in. But if you do believe, if God has been good to you and you acknowledge that it is God, then certainly he is worthy of an expression of your gratitude with your substance. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, Join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.